You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit InsideActingPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of Inside Acting. My name is Trevor Elgott. And I'm AJ Meyer. On this podcast, we interview actors, writers, directors, producers, filmmakers, agents, managers, writers. You said writers. I said writers. <laughs> we interview people from all over the industry and we, uh, we stick them into this podcast and put it out there in the World Wide Web for free for you. Oh, the World Wide Web. Yeah. It's been a while since I had to change it up somehow. I know, I know. It gets, st- it gets stagnant. It gets stale. It does, yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course, uh, we, uh, we don't pretend to have all the answers uh, we started this podcast because we're looking for the answers not because we have them so if you'd like to join in the conversation uh you can do so in a bunch of different ways um but uh i'm sure you're gonna say myriad no no see not this I, time I, I gotta change it up not this time you just said we gotta change Keep it up people on their toes that's right <clears throat> um and you can uh start out at our website insideactingpodcast.com Yes, indeed. And on today's episode, we have the third and final part of our chat with Blake Robbins, who's an actor, filmmaker, writer, producer, kind of everything guy, and just a really cool, just a really cool guy to sit down and talk to. He's got a, we, we, how many knowledge bombs that we have in the last episode? Like three? Yes. So uh, there's more of that goodness to come. So make sure you guys stick around for that. So hey, ninety four. <laughs> I'm talking. Di- I'm talking directly to the podcast now. Hello. So um, <clears throat> my big news is the audition, the meetings. There you go. There you go. <laughs> the meetings that I was talking about in the last uh, episodes, yep. multiple. Because I had like th- two call. I had like three auditions. And for it this. like spanned the holidays and stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah. It was cray cray. Uh, and there was a dance call, which I nailed. Boom. Wow. Um, anyway, I booked it. I booked the... Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is the Rockabilly musical yes. thing, right? You were yes. talking about? Yes. If anybody is in either LA or New York, or you're just kind of like a theater nerd, if you remember... Um, a couple of years back, this show called Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. Yep. <clears throat> which was um, this sort of weird, like, punk rock musical thingy. Like, it was really hard to describe, but it was, like, sort of modern, but not. Like, all the like, everybody dressed, like, sort of punk rock, but with, like, those big... I don't know what they're called. Those big things that frilly things that come out of your neck in like the 18th century, or, or like a frock. <clears throat> yes, exactly. Like just weird stuff. Anyway, okay. it's just weird. Like their costumes were bizarre, and it's kind of like that where it's like everybody's gonna be wearing 18th century dress, oh. except for like a couple of people on stage. So it takes place during the American Revolution. Okay, and <clears throat> so everybody's in period dress, but the music is all rockabilly music. I don't sing very much, but we had like this informal read through last night because the writer is still making changes. It's really cool. The writer's actually, it's a world premiere. So the writer is like involved with the process, which is also very cool. Um, <clears throat> and the script is brilliant. It's really, really smart. Just odd, off the wall writing, like never seen anything like it before. He writes like Matt Logalin, where there's like no punctuation. Awesome. It's just like all lowercase. Stream awesome. of consciousness, um, which is fun to play with as an actor. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I had forgotten from the last time that I read it <clears throat> how much dancing my character does, and it's just I think it's I think it's I think it's a lot of fun and also um, really interesting to see somebody my size, especially doing the, like a lot of dancing in a show. My character, <clears throat> it's interesting. He's a bit like um, Lenny <laughs> from Of Mice yeah. and Men. But with a Scottish accent. <laughs> okay, so you got to do another accent for another this. Another accent. Mr. Ethnically Ambiguous. Yes, and this time I'm Scottish. The journey continues. <laughs> right on. Cool, man. Yeah, so it's going to be cool. So it opens, I think, in April. Okay. So if you're in Score. L.A., come check it out. It's and called this, American Misfit. This is a American Misfit. Okay, this is a union gig? 
Um, equity waiver. Equity waiver. Okay. I think it's weird. They have a br- they have a um what I usually refer to as a bridge contract, which is like something somewhere in between a uh, ninety nine seat theater equity waiver and and like a actual lort huh. uh, contract. So you get a rehearsal stipend and then like a certain like they give you they pay you for per performance. Awesome. Um, which is cool. It's a pay. You know, just keep telling the universe that I get to get paid for my. Talents yes, indeed. Stuff, you know, yes, you so. do. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and it's interesting too that it's during pilot season because there's two arguments with that. Like one is, why would you be taking up your time, energy, focus with a play during pilot season? And then the other side of that is, work begets work, and if you are working during pilot season, you know there's probably maybe there's a better chance you get more auditions or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. it's an interesting like. That in and of itself is kind right. of an interesting discussion. Was that a conversation you had with your <clears throat> representation or yes. just kind of privately yeah. or both? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely my manager and I talk, talked about it because I, I had an audition that didn't I didn't get a callback for um, a couple weeks before this one um, for something down in Orange County. And she was less excited about that because I would be mm. out of town. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's just – it's it's interesting. I, I like <clears> – <throat> Those conversations are, are still sort of stressful to me. I don't know how to mm-hmm. necessarily wrap my head around it. Yeah. Yet I guess I get to just like let go of control. Surrender. And kind of surrender yeah. the control to to her a little bit, which has maybe been my problem with what I've been stressing about. I don't mm-hmm. know. <clears throat> I don't know. It's um it's interesting. She she her the thing I think I've said this on the cast before, she usually says, uh, uh it's your car, you're just letting me drive it. Like my career is my right. car, but I'm just letting her drive. Oh, it I sense of hella deep conversation here somewhere. <laughs> Could <Yeah>. be. Uh, <laughs> right on, dude. Well, congratulations. <clears throat> Thank you, sir. I'm excited to uh, to come see you again. At the uh, Boston Court Theater in Pasadena. Uh, thank you. Uh, you know, it's a perfect example, right? Like, I do, you know, this understudy thing, get in, <clears throat> create this great relationship with them, and then I come in and, you know, granted, cool. I, I had a great audition, but, you know. Awesome. It's all about building those relationships, too. <laughs> What's going on with you? So, I had a, yeah, I had a cool week. I had, uh, I had a meeting for... Um, a TV show uh, called The Mindy Project. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so that was uh, cool. What is her last name? Pal- Kayleen? Pa- Kayleen? Ka- yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. She used to be on The Office. She, yeah, yeah. And she essentially her created her whole like universe from Twitter, I feel like. Yeah. And she was on The Office and then she blew up on Twitter and she was really funny on Twitter and then they were like, we should give her a show. At least that's what it looked like to most of us outsiders. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I think she actually, she writes the show as well, uh, or is at least a co-writer on it. Mm-hmm. And so I had a, I had a small role that I went in to read for, for that last week. And, uh, it's tricky with those roles because this was literally two lines. There's a lot of reaction shots and like literally two lines uh-huh. of just, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like one of those like larger than life situations <clears throat> mm-hmm. where it's like both people are normal, but they're normal in this really quirky way. And so they just don't mesh. And so that's where the, the laughs come in. Um, and, uh, it was really quick. And sometimes it's, it's tough with those, with those meetings because it's like, I, I have two lines, you know? Really, what what can I do wrong? But also, like, how could I possibly get this right? So uh, I I went and you know the uh, casting assistant laughed at my stuff, and then I left, and I was in and out in like thirty seconds. And I wish after that, as I was walking to my car, I wished I had made a bolder, non-obvious choice. Mm. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, like I mm-hmm. I wish I had brought some quirky <clears throat> quality to the character because my approach was just like, oh, I'm the it was a sh- for a shoe salesman at like an upscale like fitness running shoe store or something, and so I was like, I, I wish I had just brought some sort of weird mannerism or like tick to this guy that yeah. I could have just shown them because I probably did what every other actor did, which was go in and be that that straight guy, the straight character of just this is awkward and I'm the shoe guy and the laughs are because it's awkward and so that was my lesson there is that if I could do it again, I would have been like I would have found something. To just make me stand out a little bit yeah, as, big, as a as a candidate for that for that role. Big choices. Yeah. So there was that, and then the second big piece of news was I, I met with David Lawrence for lunch. Oh, cool. Long time listeners will remember David from episode twelve. I think it was twelve. I think it was episode twelve. He's uh he's a like a serial co star actor. He's been on every major network primetime TV show in history, uh, and he had a nice stint on Heroes. <clears throat> um, he's working all the time. He's also and lost. Yeah, and lost. 
he's uh, he's built a voiceover empire, and mm-hmm. he was the voice of America Online for a long time, and he's made millions of dollars like over the span of his career, which he didn't even start till he was like later in life, around mm-hmm. his 40s or 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we had lunch. He contacted me, and he's like, I want to let you know I, I raised the price of my demos. And I was like, cool, thanks. And he's like, do you want to have lunch? And I was like, sure. And I thought we were just going to talk about the demos. Uh, he ended up inviting me to teach his classes. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. He's got a woman that he works with in Orange County who teaches his classes, uh, down there. And, um, he's more and more teaching in San Francisco. And so he's like, I need somebody to teach in, uh, in LA and I want you to be the LA teacher of all my curriculum. And I was like, are you sure you have the right, (laughs) the right dude? It's like me. Wow. And I, I literally, I, he said, he said, what's your, what's your hesitation? What's your hang up with it? And I said, well, I, I don't know that I'm really terribly qualified to be teaching like, you know, you're the empire of a curriculum you've built. And he said, well, what if your qualification was that I chose you? And I was like, done, done, <laughs> done. So, uh, really, uh, flattering, uh, honor, you know, to be, wow, yeah. to be, to have that conversation. And then he said, do you need to think about it? And I said, no, I'm in dude. I am so in. So, um, that's going to be a, a once a month thing for me as I'm going to teach several hours of voiceover, uh, classes, uh, here in, uh, I think it's going to be in West Hollywood at the actress comedy studio once a month. That is so cool. So I'm really honored and really, really excited to be, to be embarking on that journey. That is so and, cool, man. And, uh, you know, and I get to work with him. I mean, that's like the icing on the cake. Is it like, this isn't just anybody. This is David H. Lawrence, the 17th, yeah. the guy who created the rehearsal app, who runs the voiceover empire called VO to go, go, uh, you know, who's been on every TV show in existence. Yeah. That, that was the big news for this awesome. week for me. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, man. Yeah, I'm stoked. I can't wait to take your class. <laughs> I am so stoked. Yeah. That's yeah, epic. Be. Before we jump into our listener questions... Uh, we have just a couple quick announcements we wanted to make. Uh, first, thank yous yeah. to some listeners that have donated to the podcast and helped support us financially. Uh, Nicholas Simmons, right off the bat, is our newest patron. Woo-hoo! He signed up to... Uh, we should play one of those like sound effects of like kids cheering in the background, like, yay, and clapping. <laughs> <laughs> like that? Oh, I got that sound effect. Do you really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so, so he's our newest patron. He signed up to support us on a monthly recurring basis. So thank you, Nicholas. Uh, we'll be in touch very shortly, uh, to get a bio and a, um, headshot from you to stick, uh, stick that up on our patron page. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, Janine Granda, Granda, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, send us a nice little one-off donation. So thank you very much for your support, Janine and Nicholas. Thank very you cool. Guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about the, uh, I do the fitness challenge. Uh, I do, but also I want to talk about Dennis Baker's comment. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So in the last episode, we, we alluded briefly to Dennis Baker being the guy behind the guy behind the guy that kind of is, is facilitating or midwifing this, this sag after panel that we're going to be doing in six episodes from now, <laughs> uh, at the end of March. And, um, he, he wrote in with a comment. He shared this on our Facebook group as well about, um, a question we had last week, which was a guy wrote in and said, I really want to move to LA. Well, um, it's a, you know, it's or, a question we get a lot. Yeah. You know? Like um, how, how do I, it's like a chicken or the egg question. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Like should I move, you know, before it's always the, the question is always, credits. should I move before the credit? Should I move before my union status? Should I move before I have a reel? Should I move before this? Should I move right. before that? Or should I, I that, stick it out where I am and then come to LA with right. something? Right. And we, and we get that question a lot. Um, and Dennis had a really, really awesome suggestion and one that like, I'm like, damn, why didn't I think of that, you know, after he sent it? Yeah. Which is essentially like there are so many TV shows these days that are actually shooting in the minor markets. So San Francisco, Atlanta, um, you know, um, Chicago, uh, I mean, uh, you know. Portland, I think, was another one. Yeah, Yeah. Portland. uh, uh, New Orleans. um, I'm thinking of uh, Breaking Bad, you know, New Mexico. Like, you know, there's all these shows that shoot all over. And a lot of people that live in those markets that are act you know a lot of actors that live in those markets end up being a co-star or maybe even a guest star on an episode and yes they have auditions out here but um 
hiring locally also saves the production money, and so they mm-hmm. will uh, they will sometimes try to do that. That's what Dennis was saying in, in his in his email um, as well. <clears throat> and so what he was saying is, you know, it it may behoove you to get at least one, you know, if not more, co-star mm-hmm. credits under your belt before moving. And I thought that was really. Really yeah. smart way to think to look at it. Yeah, and, and of course it's easier said than done. Um, yeah, totally. but it was like get that one, and then yeah, right. I'm like, I have one co-star right. role, and I've been at it for years. So yeah, I mean, but I think the idea is it is really valuable. You know, it's like use the resources that are in your market right now. And the the article that he mm-hmm. sent along, and there was also a YouTube video he sent along, and we'll link to both of those on our website. And the idea was um, that they do a lot of local hires for these shows. Like they they I think he said they only do like three to four of the main roles out of LA and the rest, they just do local hires. So there's a lot of opportunity there to work, to work on a, to work on a show and get some nice credits before you move to LA. So another kind of, you know, thing to throw in the pot there yeah. as you make that, uh, that choice about whether or not to, to come out at this point. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. So thank you, Dennis, for, for bringing that great, to our attention. Great comment. Yeah. yeah and I, I, like I like you, dude, I wish I had thought of that. He said it, and I was like, oof. Like, <laughs> Blow well, to the credibility. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's great. That's exactly why we, you know, we, we hope our listeners uh, get engaged because, you know, we are just two dudes with a podcast. Yeah, just like, two I mean, dudes. Exactly. Like, you yeah. know, there's, there's, no, there's no right way. There's no path. There's no, like here are the steps to becoming a, a, a successful actor. Like there's a million, there's an infinite number of ways to get to wherever, wherever it is that you want to, you want to be. Cool. Um, I say we save the fitness challenge thing till the end. Okay. Uh, and let's jump into these listener questions. We yeah. have two from Mike Bowers. Mm-hmm. It just gives us like such joy to know that, you know, we're supporting people on their journey and he had like a complete, shift in mindset which set him up to win um you know financially started creating a bunch of financial abundance in his life and he's moving to he's made the decision to move to los angeles and he's got all these different projects going on um that are that are acting related so he's getting paid for his art and it's just awesome so that sort of leads us into his first question which is when moving down to la he's gonna have to go back and forth when he first gets here and so he's nervous about getting a job or like finding the right job that will allow for that sort of flexibility. And he asked, what type of work do you recommend? I'm working on starting my own, uh, efficiency and organization consulting business, but I don't know how lucrative that is in a new market is background or stand in work, a possibility or temping. So <clears throat> we get the thrival job question a lot, uh-huh. but the thing yeah. that you and I discussed right before we started recording that we want to say to you, Mike is look at everything you just created over the last six weeks and just think about how powerful you are in creating financial abundance for yourself and don't worry so much essentially like the mechanics will work themselves out you're not going to starve you're not going to be homeless you have friends you have family you have us you need a couch to crash on it's going to be like fine your intention is so clear and you are so power you've demonstrated based on results you have demonstrated that you are a power you are powerful when it comes to creating financial abundance for yourself so you want to add anything to that no that that pretty much sums it up um what i'm reading in his email um is is a little bit of like afraid to jump before the net's there, you know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. That's my entire yeah, yeah, life, basically. Can. Absolutely. Um, uh, but, you know, ba- yeah, exactly. Like what we're not sharing on this on this podcast is like the three paragraphs of like amazingness that he shared with us that that has been in his life the past you know couple months. Um, and it's a lot. And it's just mm-hmm. like it, it's just like the, the universe <laughs> is just pouring abundance into his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. I don't know if we're missing a part of the of the conversation here, but it sounds to me like it's going to work out great. It's going to work out great. Just yeah. Again, like leap in the net will appear. Yeah. Um, as far as efficiency and organization consulting business, I know a lot of people out here who have those, and they mm-hmm. do pretty well for themselves. So that's definitely a market for that out here. Uh, background and standing work is a possibility, though I wouldn't want to get stuck in that in that arena for too long, more than like a month or two. Temping's a possibility, but that can be tricky as well because... I don't know how actor friendly some of those places are. 
I mean, I think yeah. a lot of them are, but not all of them. Well, you can always, I mean, you know, just be connected to what your vision is. Like, um, uh, Porter Kelly would just, you know, she told that great story of how she just was like, I had this audition, you know, you, will you work with me? They said no. And she said, okay. And she went back to her desk and started packing up her things. And they yeah. were like, so blown away. They're like, what, what? Yeah. Oh, you're not desperate to like, like, no, I'm not. I will find another one of these. Mm -hmm. This is a desk Mm -hmm. job. I will find another one. My goal in life is to be an actor. So I'm leaving to go to this audition. And they were just like completely blown away. So if you're really clear on what you want, that's the most important thing. And there's always, there's almost always a way to create a win-win. You know, there's almost always a way to, uh, (laughs) enroll them as it were (laughs) into, uh, you know, seeing things from a different perspective and trying things a little bit differently so that they get what they want and you get what you want. It will all be all right in the end. And yes, if indeed. it is not all right, it so, is not yet the end. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then he's got a second question, which is something that, um, I was actually really excited to get cause we haven't talked about this in the We've podcast. We've never talked about this on the, I know it's so interesting. Sexuality in particular being gay. How does this play into the industry? Um, if, if, if you're somebody who is gay, basically, how does that going to affect your career? And he says, you know, there's a lot of gay actors out there that are starting to become household names. Neil Patrick Harris, Zachary Quinto, Andrew, is it Reynolds? I actually don't know who that is, but <clears throat> there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And they're becoming household names and they are becoming popular and people are okay with it, uh, as they should be. But he says he's curious to know if sexuality does actually have an effect on casting especially among unknown actors, uh, or if it's just something that only matters once you start to make it big. And that's an interesting question. And we started to talk about it a little bit before we started recording. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, wait, save it, save it, save it. <laughs> because I, I don't actually, the, the argument that comes to mind right off the bat is the whole Tom Cruise thing, right? Everyone's like, oh, Tom Cruise is gay. Tom Cruise is gay. He's just hiding. I, I, I don't know if you've heard that, but that's been like a kind of a running joke that's uh-huh. been in my world. Uh, you know, forever, even before I moved to LA, everyone joked about he, how he was gay and he's yeah. just hiding it. And it kind of, I started to think about it and I got really disturbed because I was like, well, what if he is gay? Why does that matter? Mm-hmm. And then I thought, you know what? I could see, and I hate this, but I could see how his career would be negatively affected if all mm-hmm. of a sudden he was like, yeah, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. It's like, you would not see any more mission impossibles. Mm-hmm. You would not see any more of this or this or this because a huge part of the country, I don't think is ready for that. Where I'm coming from is I, I would almost want to know more about uh, Mike's question. And the reason why is because as a straight male, I don't know what his experiences have been that have him sort of worried about this. If it's just the media coverage that he sees coming out of L.A. and Hollywood or if he's actually had some like negative experiences going in and actually auditioning because i think if you go in if you're if you're just going in audition there's there's not a casting there's not a casting director i've ever met who would give two shits about someone's sexuality if they can come in and nail the part Mm -hmm. you know it's like those people who make up stories about like the font on their resume or their headshot you know booking or not booking them roles it has nothing to do with that it's a tool. Like you have to have it in the room, but really what it's about is so they can remember you mm-hmm. and they remember mm-hmm. you by what you did in your audition. So I'm just wondering if he's had like a bad experience or if he's just seeing the sort of like media stream coming out of, you know, out of LA beyond that. It's almost like, I don't know how to answer this question because he does have a point And it goes to what you were just saying, which is that we don't really know like we don't really think about someone's sexuality unless they're a household name. Mm-hmm. And there's probably mm-hmm. tons of you know that's a, that's a good uh, point. character actors yeah. out there. Character, I say character actors, meaning like somebody who works all the time, but just isn't you know like okay. So so Blake, who's our inter- who's you know our interview for 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 this episode, he's married. He's got three kids, right? <clears throat> Until he was on you know on the podcast. A lot of our listeners probably had no idea who he was, right? So he's worked on all these TV shows. He's, now he's a writer, director, producer. Like, you know, he's had a great career. Kevin Kevin West, you know, had a great career. So like, ha- and has worked for years, years and years and years and years and years and been on every show, you know, up, down, left, and right. So what if he was gay? Like, no one would know or care or whatever. And he's had an amazing career. So... I, I think that I think that Mike's point about making it big is actually pretty 
spot on. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's very true. Yeah. And, what, and the real question is, I think, is, is America ready for a gay protagonist? Mm. You know? Uh, well, we've had these shows that are sort of like, what, what do they call it? Cable when they're like on HBO, but we had, um, the L word, mm-hmm. um, and queer as folk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, you had entire TV shows sort of built around it. They weren't on, you know, NBC during primetime hours, but you'd have modern family, you know, yeah. where you have a gay couple as like the two of the main characters, you know, with an adopted, you know, child. I, I love that show. I think it, that show is doing a lot for people's expanding people's minds mm-hmm. around, you know, sexuality and race and gender and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I, I don't know, a gay protagonist is a great, I mean, maybe the question is, and we kind of talk about this in, well, Blake talked about this, right? The movie star versus the actor. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that what he did? And Blake, the one that, that mentioned uh-huh. that? Yeah. Maybe the question is, is, is America ready for a gay movie star? Huh. Well, you know, and we've got those. I mean, he says, you know, we've got Neil Patrick Harris, we've got Zachary Quinto, but it's like, I don't, I don't know that, um, sexuality was even a question in my head until somebody mentioned it Yeah, when right, it came right, to those right. actors. Somebody was like, oh yeah, Zachary Quinto's gay. I was like, oh, all right. Like, I guess that's good to know. Like, I don't, I don't really, I guess I don't really care, but yeah. I mean, I guess I'm glad I know. I'm, I don't know. Like, um, Kevin Spacey's another, another, uh, example. So it's yeah. like, uh. That's a, this is a, this is a perplexing question. You know, I'd love to have people's, uh, take on this on the, on, you know, on the Facebook group or something, because I don't know, I don't know that it's an issue, but I also don't know that it's, that it's not an issue. Not an issue. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I feel, I have this awful feeling in the pit of my stomach when I think about it being a it problem. Being a, yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But when it, when it shouldn't be, when it shouldn't be. And yet, uh, it's, you know, part of the world that we, we live in right yeah. now. Yeah. That's, that's changing. That's shifting. I can feel it actively shifting, yeah. but eh, this, yeah. it, it kind of hurts me that this, that this is an actual question that we're feeling. You know what it comes to <clears> mind? <throat> I mean, maybe Mike was watching, but you know what else comes to mind is re- recently is, um, Jodie Foster at the Golden Globes and her sort of like weird speech that she gave after receiving a Cecil B. DeMille award. I didn't see that. <clears throat> what what she, happened? She like, is almost like she came out, but everyone knew that she was gay. So like she, it was weird. She like used it as this like platform to like come out again. Huh? It was, I don't know. It was, I was, it was really, it was kind of weird. And I felt awkward about it. And a lot of people have written about it and felt awkward about the whole shebang. And one person I even saw, I mean, this is kind of shitty and insensitive, but they were saying that, you know, there's a strong possibility that she could have been using it to sort of like make herself relevant again or something like that, Mm. which is like an interesting, you know, like I said, it's really insensitive, but it's also an interesting perspective because everyone already knew, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't a secret. And then she like sort of came out. I don't know. It was just, it was just kind of. This whole question is like really fascinating to me. We got to get our listeners involved in this because yeah. yeah, we'll post the. There's we'll post so the, many different things we can talk about here, and we haven't ever discussed it on the podcast. So it's like, yeah, going in all these different directions, and I don't want it to sort of get away from yeah, us. Yeah, and I, I can feel myself actively not wanting to like step on anybody's toes with it, and it's like, why do we? Why is this a, such a taboo? Why do yeah, I? No, it, I sh- you know, it definitely shouldn't be a taboo. It, it shouldn't be taboo and, issue. And yet, I'm I'm really conscious of not offending anybody. I'm not wanting to offend anybody. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we got to toss it to you guys, to our yeah. listeners. Um, email and is, us. Yeah, yeah. And this is totally the kind Facebook. of thing that needs to be discussed openly, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, our, and, and it's perfect for our Facebook group, right? Yeah. Like where the, where the real discussions happen and people have back and forth about it. I'll bet you this thread's going to be <laughs> super long. I, I hope it is. So, yeah. I hope um, it is. Um, that's great. That's yeah. great. So thank you, Mike, for inciting uh, a great discussion um, yeah. or what, you know, we hope turns into a great discussion. Uh, cool. So we are running long here. So shall we jump into this Let's interview? Let's do it. All right. Part three of three of, uh, of our chat with Blake Robbins, uh, again, actor, filmmaker extraordinaire. Um, this is good stuff. It's just really good stuff. And I think there's a few more knowledge bombs here. So enjoy this, guys, and we'll catch you on the other side.
talked about this experience being Rob Morrow's assistant mm-hmm. and how it set you on this path to want to write, direct, uh, you know, and be a filmmaker. But you, yeah. you said it also it didn't manifest itself until about a year ago. What was the what was the gap in time <laughs> between those two things, and and what f- what finally caused it to happen last year? Uh, well, what actually caused it to happen was. I decided that it was going to happen. Right. I mean, the moment of decision, again, the, right? the, the moment of decision, and I can tell you exactly where that moment was. Um, there was a moment I had gotten a couple of close calls where other people were going to finance my movie. Other people were maybe going to direct it. I'd been writing the movie for seven or eight years. Uh, I started writing this first film that I've done back in like 2002. And let me just say this, another, another thing. I think I said this in the class with Marcy Leroff. Um, there are two ways to get a job. Someone gives you one or you give yourself one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I share that with you, what do you think is more likely? Given it's yourself. Yeah. Given that it's yeah. you. Yeah. Is it more likely that someone you don't know will give you one or that you'll give yourself one? Yeah, you give yourself one. Exactly. I wish that I had kind of wrapped my brain around that many years ago. Because uh, our, our industry has changed so much that, you know, whether it be the one-person show or, the, or, or a play or, or a short film or a web series or whatever, you can show the world what you do, how you do you best. Because even though I say take that approach to every piece of material you're ever given, show the world how you do you best, because that's what's going to leave an impact. Maybe people go, oh, I saw something happen to that guy in this room. You know, that changes the climate. Instead of, I saw something happen to some character that looked like acting. That's another thing I say, a little bomb here. Um, good acting doesn't get hired all the time in Hollywood. Huh. It should agree. not be the goal. Good acting is just not that interesting. Because I would get hired all the time, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'd just be working left and right. <laughs> well, in case. <laughs> exactly. And it's just not inspiring. It's not inspiring. Something profound has to happen, which is something has to happen to a human being through this material. That's what I, as a writer, director, casting director, want to see. Even if it's not even right, it's more interesting. So so I I thought to myself, I had a couple things happen where I felt the creative urge to write. Uh, Some of it was 9-11. Some of it was the fact that I had lost a couple of friends early, one friend in particular early in life. So I had this stuff dealing with grief, and and I felt like... Um, Hollywood movies don't deal with grief honestly enough for me that uh, that they're either a performance piece or they try to show you how you're going to get past grief or, you know, just a lot of things. I never saw a movie. I saw some done well, but nothing ever touched me as like, oh, this movie, this movie deals with grief in a way that I understand that I as a human being that that looks authentic to me, real to me. That's that's my experience of grief. So um, I felt this. um compulsion to write this story and an actor friend of mine said dude just write one scene write one scene and i was like fuck you you're challenging me <laughs> all right I'll, I'll i'll make you pay for that i have one scene I, you know i i I, it, I had a chip on my shoulder about that i was like oh write one scene um the thing had been um fermenting in my brain for months maybe even years um I just kept coming back to it, coming back to it. One night when I couldn't sleep, I sat down with a yellow legal pad and I wrote about 70, 80 pages. Wow. Just let it flow out of me. I would say the movie fundamentally is is different from that original, but it's also probably 70% of the movie. It's pretty much what I purged out of me, myself at that, at that time. Um. In, in a certain sense, I can't really take ownership for it because it wrote itself through me. You know, it was my experiences and my and, and I and I wrote what I knew. Uh, you know, I, I wrote kids at the ages I had kids. I wrote, you know, everything was, uh, you know, fundamentally there are differences in the movie between that life and my life. But I just wrote what I knew. I wrote language that I heard, you know, things that made sense to me. And then I got as much participation as possible. I had uh, reading groups with other actors, and they challenged things, asked me things, contributed things, and, and whatever resonated true with me. Now, here's, here's my, my take on it. A studio would have never made my film, never in a million years. And when I gave 
the script to people, smart people who had written movies and, and continue to write movies. Some of them came back with notes that I know a studio would give me for the thing. But I held true to that I knew how I wanted to make a movie and it wasn't the way that people traditionally make movies. And somehow, maybe even before I was ready for it, I operated in, outside of the fact that I had fear. Fear that I was going to fail, fear that it wasn't going to be good, fear that people weren't going to get it, fear that I had all of those things, all those doubts, all those concerns. I'm not good enough. I can't write character, story, script. I, I've never taken a class. What am I doing? I, I did it anyway. Uh, and I created a part for myself. And I was a business major, going back to what I did before. And uh, I used that whole business angle to look into the world and go, oh, I can come up with $30,000 to do this for myself. Hmm. Because you can make a movie in today's world with whatever means you have currently at your disposal. Mm -hmm. So all you really need to do is want to. And so a long-winded way back to your question, how did, how did I go from knowing I was a filmmaker 20 years ago and sort of apprenticing for it for 20 years end up with now I have a movie two months away from completion is, one, the moment I said I'm going to make this next winter and I called a few people and I said I'm shooting this next winter without any idea how I was going to get there but saying next winter I'm shooting this. Uh, divine providence, things started opening up. People started becoming available to me, ideas, you know. You make a movie one day at a time. I didn't have to have all the answers. I just had to have, you know, one or two every couple of days. And I just had to I look at this. it and go, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's basically making a declaration, like, this will be done by, you know, X state, and the how is... You don't yeah. need to know the how. You the don't. How, the how will figure itself if, out. If you wait for the how, you'll <laughs> never make a movie because there's always going to be reason not to. Mm-hmm. The how <laughs> should never be that there's all this money. You know what I mean? There are a lot of bad movies get made with, oh, we've got this money. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we see movies all the time. You go, oh, maybe no one should have made that movie <laughs> or, or what happened because it's yeah. hard to make a movie to begin with. Um so I highly, highly recommend for anyone listening out there, I took a class uh, called the No Budget Film School with Mark Stoloroff. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's come uh, up. I met... Some other people. I think I met Mark's girlfriend somewhere, uh, and she put us in touch. She's supposed to come on the podcast, actually. Marcus. I think so. Yeah. I highly recommend it. Yeah. You cool. should have you I should shot have him an email. I, I don't know if we ever heard back, but yeah. Okay. Well, I'll send him an email, too, or, or something, but... Um, <laughs> I, I, I had already sort of – I had seen these other filmmakers and what I took from them is they were letting their crazy out and people were going along for the ride. And the ones that I really responded to, I said, oh, he's just crazy enough to do this and that's awesome. I, I did these films with Kevin Wilmot who's had a few films at Sundance with uh, Quentin Dupuy who had uh, just did Wrong. I did a movie called Rubber with him. Uh, I did another movie with Tenny Fairchild. You know, so I, you know, I'm, I, I've been very fortunate in the acting world to work with some of these people. And 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 I would just like a sponge, and I look and I say, man, they're just a different brand of crazy, and they're just going to make their movie, and so they make it, and somehow enough people have shared in their vision and said oh i'll go along with this craziness and it happened so i said i'm gonna let my own brand of crazy out it doesn't look like theirs but that's okay too i mean because i come up with the fear of oh my crazy doesn't look like someone else's crazy so oh i should stop (laughs) uh or you know or i'm not good enough you know i see a film and i'm blown away by it and i think oh i shouldn't write a film you know i should leave that to tony kushner (laughs) tony Mm. kushner should write all the films and i should not yeah, but going back to what we were talking about, walking into the audition rooms, what's so what? Tony Kushner wrote a film, and now I have. Yeah. So what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I can still be in awe of great film script writing, screenwriting, and you know, I'm writing more films. And every single day, I think, I wonder if this is crap. <laughs> I wonder if this is. I don't know. Hmm. And then I go oh, back well. and, and then you just yeah, like, start writing again. Yeah. And, and yeah. some days I look at it and I go. This is really good. Maybe I'm a genius. And, and, and the funny thing yeah. is, both are irrelevant. Uh-huh. Both are kind of irrelevant. Doesn't matter. 
yeah. doesn't matter. All that matters is that I've sort of embraced my own crazy, my own fears. And now, in the last couple of months, I've decided, oh, you know what? All those things, all those fears and concerns and doubts, that's all really great, fertile ground for creativity. And it's given me a whole new peace and a whole new... I mean, shit's just popping out of my brain. I've got, I mean, literally while waiting to do this, I was in my notebook down in the car. I've probably working on four different films in there, all wow. different kinds, all different things. I don't know if they're any good. Some people are going to like them. Some people are not, but it, it doesn't matter. I like them. They entertain me. And, and just last month, you know, the declaration of things and Facebook is great for me for doing this. I just write, going to make another movie next year. Yeah. And I say it, therefore I have to not do it. Uh-huh. Yep. Because you've got 1,178 friends who saw that. Yep. And they go, You say, mm. well, he said he was going to make a movie. Better check in on him. Where's the movie, Blake? <laughs> Where's the movie? Exactly. <laughs> hey, where's the movie? Oh, my God. It's October. Well, you're, you're yeah. making Blake's friends sound creepy. Yeah. <laughs> where's the movie, Blake? <laughs> Oh, that was creepy. And <laughs> most of them are creepy, probably. <laughs> um, I, I, and I would say this. Um, the biggest fear is that I'm not going to have a movie, because, and that, that I said it, but who cares? Who really is paying attention? Mm. I mean, so what? So what if I don't have a movie? Maybe I'll be in pre-production. <laughs> you know, maybe I'll still be coming. Maybe I'll, I don't know, but, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make another one, another one of mine, and we'll see. Somebody said something to me the other day. They, I was talking about having a similar conversation about declaring something and having the expected results not happen by the time yeah. I had hoped so. And so it was a timeline conversation. And they said to me, they said, you know, really, when you pull out and take a 30,000 foot view, yep. it doesn't really matter whether you hit it on time or not. Yes. What really matters is are you taking committed action towards it yes. mm-hmm. or not? And that really helped put things in perspective and helped me lighten up on myself. Right. Because I was, I was like, well, like let me, making let me, myself awful. I've got not, one. I've got one for your sound effect for what is the brain thing. Yeah. 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 Right. I've, I've got, got one for got your one. sound effect. <laughs> I've got yes. one for your sound effect. Here's right? a gift for your sound effect. Well, you just put it, put it in my head because this is, this is a perspective I learned through making my movie the last movie. Um, Here's me at the beginning of a maze, right? I'm in a maze, and I know it's a maze, even if I'm down at ground level and all I can see is the walls. Somewhere at the end of that maze, the ball drops through, and that's where the movie's finished, right? So I start into this maze knowing that somewhere in the corner of one of those typical, you know, four-sided square maze, that somewhere in that maze, the ball drops through. So... If running into a dead end doesn't change the fact that somewhere in this maze that ball drops through. Hmm. But we always think it does. As a human being, we think, oh, I've hit a dead end. The ball doesn't drop through in this maze. (laughs) It does. Somewhere in the maze, all you need now is to back up. Hmm. Back out a little bit and realize, I need to go this direction now. If we don't get so wrapped up in the fact that we've hit a dead end or that it seems like it's not going to happen and trust it, somewhere in this maze, the ball drops through. I just don't know where yet. And the fact that I've had a dead end is actually progress hmm. because it means I'm supposed to back up and go another direction. Mm-hmm. That's all. If we don't tie anything else to it, like our own, oh, I'm a loser. I can't do this. I suck. I was wrong. I got into a maze where no ball drops through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, in every maze, there's a place where the ball drops through. It's just a matter of the level of difficulty of the maze. And, you know, just not getting wrapped up in it. Yeah. It's literally a dead end that tells you to back up a little bit and go right or left, yeah. as it were. Somewhere on this maze, the ball drops through. The yeah. movie gets made. Somewhere there's it's, the cheese. Somewhere mm-hmm. there's the cheese to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's simpler than we want to make it. We think <laughs> it's the end when we hit the dead end. Did it's I make, not. Did I make Who Moved My Cheese a pick of the week? You did. Back yeah. when I read it? Yeah. 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 It is a great book. It's a great book, yeah. right? Yeah. That's, um, you know, I, I, I love that because that's what separates the people who get things done from the people who don't. It's just yeah. sometimes those setbacks really hurt if we let them. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I'm a, 
I'm discovering that I'm a very sensitive, impressionable person. Exactly. So I let that stuff stop me all the time. Exactly. But now I'm aware of it. I'm that guy too. Yeah. What I'm saying is I'm that guy. And it's probably why I'm is why it's taken my why my journey's been so sort of slow moving. I literally did not get paid to act for eight years after I got out of acting school, where I thought I was a pretty good actor. Hmm. So somehow, while I was doing that, I intuitively somehow knew, oh, there is a place at the end of this maze where I become a working actor. (laughs) There is. I don't know how. I don't know where. and, And and believe me, doesn't mean I didn't doubt it. Every day didn't mean I didn't think I've, I've got it wrong. Didn't mean, I, you know, I, I still do. Mm. I still do. In fact, now I think it's part of, now I embrace it. I, I think you just got to make friends with all that. I, I, I read a quote, and I'm sure it was circulated on Facebook everywhere, and I'm going to bastardize it here, but the, the essence of it is clear vision is a gift given to the mediocre. <laughs> Whoa! Essentially, essentially, given yeah. So those so, with less talent have 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 the gift of clarity, the gift of uh, what is it? Certainty. I am certain that I'll do this. I'm certain that this will be great. I'm certain. Uh, those things tend to be incredibly average, but that's the trade-off. You just made my life 80% easier. <laughs> the, the, the thing the rest of us have to struggle with is constant Committed action. constant uh, fear mm. and uncertainty and judgment. You know, when I was editing my film, I was – you know what? Forget that. Right now, I'm sure it might be crap. <laughs> and I've got to struggle with the fact that other people look at it and go, mm, I don't get it, Blake. I don't get it. And I also have to recognize that even though I am trying to learn as a human being to come from a place where only my opinion matters to me, I would be lying if I didn't say that that part of my restored confidence is that three or four filmmakers whose work I'm blown away by, who I admire, have turned to me and said, Blake, that's great. Your film's unbelievable. And, and And try to reconcile that. That that means so much to me mm-hmm. <laughs> that I am like that that you know you know in a perfect world it would only matter what I think about it but I don't live in a perfect world and I'm imperfect and I, I've struggled with it every step of the way and in the middle of trying to figure out like oh I shot a movie and I didn't know how I was going to end it but I went ahead and shot it anyway and now people expect a movie with an ending including me and I'm not sure I know how to end it and I'm. I'm sure I've screwed this whole thing up and wasted my time and everyone else's and a, and a lot of resources doing something else. I should have been doing something else. And, and I look at it and I just, well, I'm in the maze. Somewhere there's a solution. I'll try. And I step out and I try to tr- do the best I can. And the truth of the matter is it doesn't matter. Hmm. I just tried my best. You know, I just tried my best. But I, but I have a movie. And that's more than a lot of people could say, yeah. And I'm going to make another one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dear Blake Robbins, thank you for saving my friend Trevor's life. <laughs> Love, <Aww>. AJ. <laughs> Well, um, so yeah. we're gonna. So you said yeah. you're like two months away from completion. Yeah. So we're gonna have to bring you on the show again. I think is what's gonna have to happen because we gotta hear about. Okay. Like, <clears throat> I love everything you said about intention and like just making it happen. But we we also sometimes love getting into the. The conversations about nuts and bolts, like yeah. how you actually got the film, yep. you know, made. But yeah. we're we're yeah. out of time. So, yeah. Um, what's the name of the film? First of all, uh, the Sublime and Beautiful, and we have a Facebook page, the Sublime and Beautiful, and hopefully we'll I'll get the link to you or yeah, yeah we'll put it on, and, and, on our website and a, and for sure, Twitter link or whatever, and yeah. all those things. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, and we always <laughs> ask at the end of the episode like how people get in touch with you, but we do have. Um, we have to get our, our two questions in. Got to do oh, it. two questions. So we have uh, we have two questions that we always ask every single one of our guests um, uh, at the end of the interview. Are they yes and no questions? Uh, they could be. Oh, all right. Uh, or or at least short answer questions. Okay. <laughs> if you want, it's up to you. Yeah. Um, uh, the first, I feel like you may have already. I think so. Answered. Let's ask it anyway. Yeah, but yeah. we'll ask it anyway. Which right. is, do you feel like this career chose you or you chose it? Yes. <laughs> I think yes, both, hmm. both. Uh, I think the 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 candle wax burns at both ends toward the middle. I, I don't know. Yeah, both. Awesome, cool. 
Awesome. And then the other question is, um, if you had one taking all of your experience of, you know, starting quote unquote late as an actor, going to school, everything, if you take all of your experience and boil it down to one nugget of advice, Oh my God. What would that nugget be? Uh, we're all here for such a short amount of time and we're all, everyone's dealing with the same shit in different form. Hmm. So, um, I don't know. Trust, trust where you're at, that it's exactly where you're supposed to be. And it's, and it's all part of something, um, bigger and smaller than you probably think it is. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, lately the biggest thing I found is I wish that I had made peace with the fact that just because I'm afraid, just because I think I suck, just because all those things doesn't mean I can't just do and just to do it in spite do it in spite of how you feel about it. Uh, we all struggle with all of that. And if you're not struggling, you're probably mediocre and you should look at that. Hmm. I mean, if you're totally clear on this is who I am, what I do and how I do it, uh, you're probably lying to others and yourself. Hmm. That's, wow. uh, that's powerful because what, what I just heard, like how I just interpreted that in my head is that, is that, uh, Oh, how can I put words on this? Is that if you think you're done, you're really arrogant. Well, <laughs> and that if you're really arrogant, it's because you think you're done. Yeah, and you're and you're probably just you know. Uh, I'm trying, you know. I'm I'm learning that I want to be nice and I want to be less judgmental and I want to be more forgiving and and stuff. And 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 I think it may just be a defense mechanism that that person hasn't recognized in themselves that you know that this is how I'm going to get through all of this because we all get yeah. through it. However, we can can get through it. Yeah. And so it may just be the simplest route is I'm just going to sort of, you know, insulate myself and, and just uncertainty. I'm going to be confident and clear and this is it. You know, I don't know the, 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 the stuff that I respond to when I kind of get at the heart of who the people are that put that together, they're just doing themselves, you know, with, with all of it, all that are, all that, all that we have going on as human beings, all the uncertainty, all the, all the lack of, you know, you know, we can't possibly in and of ourselves think we're enough. I mean, we live in a, in a collaborative world, a collaborative society. We need others. Mm. I couldn't have made my movie by myself. And it would be only a blindness, you know. My, my ego wants to believe I did that, you know, because I did write a lot of it. I did, you know, a lot of things. But the reality is, is it wouldn't exist. You know, as much as I wanted to do by my as as much of an asshole auteur director I want to be, it wouldn't exist. You know, yeah. and no one would pay to see that film. <laughs> it was just me with the camera talking to myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's called a video blog. That would yeah. be a video blog, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. Wow. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm certainly aware that I don't know what I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that's uh, that's awesome. I love that. Oh, yeah, well. and I, I I feel very much the same way. I always feel like as soon as I, when I have, when I make a breakthrough of some kind, yeah. all of a sudden it's like I've just walked into a brand new empty room. Yeah, and it was like, oh wow, okay, I thought I was making progress, <laughs> you know, and I and I am making progress, but there's always another level. Yeah, always, always another level, and you're always you. I always get to be a beginner again and a student again. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. So. Blake, if cool. people want to find out more about you, where would they go? And if people want to find out more about your uh, film, where probably would they talk go? to my mom. <laughs> uh, okay, talk to my cool. mom and her in phone Independence, number. Independence, Kansas. If they want to know, no, they probably wouldn't learn too much about me. They'd they'd get the they'd get the uh, polished version. <laughs> um, if they want to learn more about me, I, I well, they can find me on Facebook. I friend everyone, um, and I've only defriended like three or four people. So you can friend me on Facebook, Blake Robbins. Um, you can find out about my movie at uh, The Sublime and Beautiful on Facebook. Um, I, I don't know. Are you, do you have a Twitter <laughs> you, account or anything? I or? do. I do. I have like 200 people following me on Twitter. Score. Is that good? Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> Is that yeah, a good, good number? Yeah. Hey, you're going to have more after this. Yeah, sure. Uh, really? 250? <laughs> Possibly. Awesome. Possibly. No. Not going to make any promises? Yeah. Not going to make any promises? Uh, I do have a Twitter account. Let me think about it. It's uh, Robbins under, at Robbins underscore Blake. 
Cool. All right. Cool. Yeah. And then, of course, you're an acting coach as well. I am an acting coach. Uh, I charge eighty dollars an hour. Um, I, I don't hold to that hour. I, I don't want to be done till people are ready to go do what they're supposed to do. And if you contact me through Facebook or you know find me on Facebook, I'll uh, we can discuss that. I come to people's homes because I live up in uh, you know outside the city a little bit with a family of five, so it's not convenient. Mm-hmm. So I'll drive to you. We'll work for an hour, and you know. My experience in the three years of coaching actors is that after an hour, we both know whether we should do it again. It's pretty crystal clear. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. And is there a, a, a website or anything for that, or is people just going to contact No, the truth of the matter is this or? is the only first and only time I've ever sort of said that outside. I'm, I'm kind of by word of mouth only. There's three or cool. four or five managers who uh, who kind of send me their clients, and um trust me i I mean the reality is that i'm pretty busy as as an actor myself and as a writer director and doing more of that and and just trying to raise three kids and all that kind of stuff so uh up to this point i haven't really it's all been word of mouth i haven't really tried to in fact uh right now i'm not so sure (laughs) i'm ready to be an acting coach to anyone and everyone okay it's just something that kind of came up organically but i'll meet anyone talk to anyone and 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 uh, we'll know within an hour if we should keep doing it. Awesome. Yeah. Score. Well, cool. This has been, uh, I can say without a doubt, one of my favorite Definitely. Uh, conversations oh, wow. we've had on this podcast. <clears throat> 92 oh, rules. <laughs> Number 92. 92. Uh, Blake, thank you so, oh. so much for, for coming out and my taking pleasure. the time to sit down with us. I know uh, our listeners are going to love this these episodes. And um, Great. You're awesome. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. everyone welcome back always sad to say goodbye to such a great great uh, guest on and the podcast yeah you know blake's been pretty uh interactive that's not the right word but he's interacted with our listeners I've, a couple people have sent him tweets saying thanks for the great interview yeah or, and he's been quick to write them back and yeah. say thank you so much so yeah. glad you liked it and Very on cool. the facebook page too right yeah i think on the facebook page yeah on the facebook page too so, so it's really cool to have somebody who's because sometimes we have guests who just like come on and do the interview and then they vanish and we never hear from them, see them again. <laughs> and it's like, okay, cool, nice to meet you. And then we have people who really kind of like are invested in the experience as we release the episodes, you know, in the weeks following. So it's really cool to to have somebody who's yeah. kind of still in the picture. Yes. Yeah. Well, and just you know, interacting. Like, and I, just I being yeah. involved. And I hope that he is in many ways, you know, in the years to come. For, well, for yeah, all of I us. mean, we definitely got to bring him back on and talk about it. You know, his yeah. filmmaking uh, in addition to his acting. He talks about it a little bit, obviously, in this this part of the interview. But um, I think it's. I feel like a three part interview is a good indication that it's going to be a good guest because we not only did we talk to them for a long time, but we couldn't really cut anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a tell telltale sign for yeah, sure. Absolutely. For sure. So um, thank you, Blake, again for the uh, noodle bake. Yes, the knowledge bomb. Multiple noodle bakes and, multiple and just the bombs. really good energy. Uh, pick of the week. So, my friend, my um, friend. I actually have two, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make <gasps> an executive decision and switch up what I've put right here in our little outline. I'm gonna change this. Uh, I downloaded an app. It's funny because you're almost always the person that has like apps, and I'm always like Mr. Analog. And now we're like switching. I've been all about apps. <laughs> you lately. have been about apps lately. <clears throat> uh, I downloaded apps and food. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's more or less my life lately. <laughs> Uh, and sleep, or in some cases, lack thereof. But the I downloaded this app called Lyft, which is like a to-do list. Wait, hang on. L-Y-F-T or L-I-F-T? L-I-F-T. I mean, I, I just downloaded it the other day, and I, I actually just started playing with it. But it's it's essentially a to-do list, but it's kind of centered around habits or the ideology of habits. So I'm I'm still figuring it out. There's a social networking element to it. But basically, it's it's a way to kind of help to support you in building habits. Uh, and as you, I guess, check off your to-dos, it, it's got like a, a four-square type feel to it where it, it you like check in to your to-do. So, mm-hmm. for instance, I have good posture is one of the, the suggested like to-dos. So, I was like, okay, cool. So, I, I remember to have good posture. And once I feel like I've sufficiently done that for the day, I can check that off. And then it takes me to a page where I can see other people that have also checked checked in quote unquote checked in to the good posture to do thing and then it's got a little like graph thing that that shows you how 
often you've done this over the past five days, how many times you've checked in for good posture. And so there, there, it's, it's, a, it's a way to kind of build habits and see, kind of bring your awareness to these things that, that you say are important to you. Um, and then also network with other people who have the same habits. Like I'm still figuring it out, but it seems pretty cool. Like I, it's definitely helped me focus more on these things that I say are important to me, but that I actually haven't been doing. So. I, feel, I feel like the the trend of applications and and internet things and whatever these days is like find something that humans do or would like to do or whatever and somehow add social networking to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is about exactly. habit forming and they've added social networking yeah. to that. You know, yeah. just like, you know, geolocation stuff. It's yeah. like, why do I... Oh, wait, I do care because I just found out that my friend Jesse is in town from Montana. Like, I didn't know she was in town. And then I was at Disneyland one time and my friend Aaron checked in at Disneyland. I was like, hey, you're here. So, like, it does work. It makes sense. I didn't think, you know, I thought that was stupid. I remember Tom was also the first person to tell me about, you know, that check-in stuff. And I was like, Mm -hmm. that sounds dumb. And now it's, like, huge. Yeah. I feel like it's just, like, find something that humans want or need and then add social Yeah, add some sort of weird accountability slash ego-based, like, look at at me, look at me kind (laughs) of thing. Right, right, right. And and to be honest, I don't know how excited I am about telling people that I've checked in for good posture. I'm not not excited about (laughs) putting that on my Facebook or Twitter or anything. (laughs) But I can see how it could be supportive to some people. So... Just uh, thought of, like, all the random... Random habits that like could be uh, in there. I know, like and girls I'm, could be like shaved my legs, and you're just like, why God. do I washed my hair? <laughs> I, I'm 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 like kind of loathing seeing these updates in my Twitter feed of people being like, oh, you know, I just read a book for thirty minutes. It's like okay, like this is not <laughs> useful information. But I also want to applaud people for for taking steps to to do that. So it seems like a cool app. Um, it's free. Can't no not not a lot to lose except maybe some time. <laughs> well, they do have with it. They do have fitness in there. They do. I, they have a P ninety X habit slash to do. Oh what? We want to call it. Bring it so on. So I I, uh, I checked in for that yesterday. Um, how about you, man? What's your pick of the week? Uh, so my pick of the week is something uh, that I was actually introduced to me by one of our listeners um, who hasn't been interacting with the podcast lately very much um but she knows who she is um jazz do you remember jasmine james no and no like, who's that twitter and stuff no she's not sitting right next to you right now <laughs> nope. is she? no yeah <laughs> listeners should know that there is a third entity in the studio with us if you heard weird breathing sounds <laughs> and now if and you now a high-pitched, high-pitched giggling sound so what uh, about this mysterious Australian character? Yeah, she's she she is an Aussie. She is an Aussie. That's true. <laughs> Jasmine told me about this awesome TV show from the seventies. Uh, there's only two seasons: one in seventy five and one in seventy nine. Um, okay. It's created by uh, John Cleese. Uh, so it's like dur- it's like in the middle of uh, of the Monty Python era. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called faulty towers and it's on Netflix now, both seasons. And you could probably watch the entire show in like a day or two because there's only two seasons. It is so freaking funny. Like if you like Monty Python or, I mean, it's not even like, I can't even really compare it to Monty Python. It's a legitimate like sitcom mm-hmm. about John Cleese's character. Whose name is Basil faulty. <laughs> So he owns a hotel. So the hotel, of course, is called Faulty Towers. All right. Which is already a joke uh, in and of itself. And it's just like he's just he's a terrible human being. And his wife is a terrible human being. And they own and operate this hotel and get into all kinds of ridiculous situations. And it's really smart and and kind of naughty for you know the 70s i feel like mm-hmm. but i you know it's thank god for europeans because they're not as uptight as americans yeah it's like i All can't right. even describe how hilarious this cool. show is but just go and watch it and you'll know what do I you mean. have to be a fan of monty python <clears throat> to appreciate nope this nope not at all so it's a different brand of- totally different brand of humor you you just have to i mean because british humor is very uh subtle sometimes although there's a lot of physical comedy in this in this show um but it can be very subtle and it can also be very fast 
because mm-hmm. they're very, very quick. Like their humor is very quick. So sometimes a joke will be just like a, a quick like sentence and then somebody walks out of a room uh-huh. and you won't, you'll find yourself laughing at it like a few minutes later if you're not really uh-huh. focused and paying attention. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. All right. Faulty Towers. Yes. On Netflix. I'll check it yes. out. F-A-W-L-T-Y, but it'll, there'll be a F-A-W. link. F-A-W. Okay. There will be a link on our, on our website. And I think that about does it for episode 94. Yeah? I think so. All right. That's all she wrote. Then that's all she wrote. <clears throat> so um, if you're listening to this, you know where to find us. Lots of different ways that you can be in touch with the podcast, that you can support the podcast, that you can share the podcast. Uh, just start at our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. Dot com. That was a lot of podcasts that I just squeezed into that 20 <laughs> well seconds done. there. Well done. Um, so do we want to go over the million different ways I can do it? Uh, no. No? Okay. So we'll keep it quick. So just go to our website. We're on the Facebooks. We're on the Twitters. We're on the Actor Rated. We're on the iTunes. Uh, and we're also on the PayPals. You can also donate to the podcast. Uh, as you heard a little bit earlier, Nicholas and Janine have the most recent people to chip in and help us uh, pay for this thing, which is not free. Uh, and of course, that that goes a long way in helping us keep this thing going. Because we ain't made of money, <clears throat> but you guys might be. <laughs> so you know, if you got some, kick it our way. Um, it's for a good cause. We like to think. All right. So enough of this. Uh, blah, 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 for episode ninety-four, I'm Trevor Algon. I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, join me, Jasmine James, for the fitness challenge starting February fourth.